0: Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. She was attacked and stabbed many times in a life and death battle during a routine call for service and is left with life-changing injuries. And she's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the Hartford, Connecticut area. Joining us on the phone, Jill Kiddick. Jill, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure, I've heard a lot about you. And I'll be honest, I want people to to understand, we're gonna have a conversation about some very upsetting things. I don't want anyone to think this is easy for me. Uh, Even after years of police work and years of being retired, and years now doing a Law Enforcement Today Show, it's very upsetting when I have to have conversations with officers who were severely injured in the line of duty. And Jill's case certainly falls into that category. So, uh, if I stumble a little bit, that's because it, it gets emotional. Uh, and I do appreciate you just coming on the show to talk about this. Jill It's very much appreciated.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: My wife, Stephanie is from Avon, Connecticut. She just returned from a trip there to see family members. I know the area uh, where Jill worked, it's a beautiful part of the United States. Uh, some wonderful people there. I always say this: I don't know how people can afford to live in Connecticut. I'll just say that <laughs> tax wise, Sorry, it's
1: a little yeah, it's a little overpriced.
0: Housing-wise, everything else, it's craziness. And uh, the winters, that's the other thing I couldn't do. Summertime, I could be up there all day. It'd be wonderful. We're going to talk about your career. You're currently a police officer in the Hartford, Connecticut Police Department, but you're on what we call medical leave from a line of duty injury and be going through retirement process. Is that a a good way of explaining it?
1: Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I'm home trying to recover. I try to go back to work. It's not really working, and I have to... one of those situations
0: you have to accept your your new reality or as we said the new normal there's life before the incident and there's life after the incident and no matter how much we'd like i've talked to you know combat veterans i've talked to lots of law enforcement officers firefighters emts first responders that have gone through really bad things physically mentally emotionally all in all the above and they say I stopped giving up the emotional effort of trying to go back to the way things were before because I can't do that. Correct, yes. So your life changed dramatically. Before we go into the details of that, uh, a brief overview, a bird's eye view of your law enforcement career, start to finish.
1: Okay, well I start, I've been on for 12 and a half years and I've been in patrol my entire career but most recently I became a drug recognition expert and I was very proud of myself. Getting into that, and it was I graduated from that class, or got my certification three weeks before my incident. Um, so I was truly at the peak of my career, nowhere to go but up. So for me to uh, be in this situation now is a bit heartbreaking, because now I there's I can't go back to who I was, and I can't go do what I was really passionate about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love the job, but now it's time to to move on a little bit earlier than what my retirement date was supposed to be.
0: How old were you when you started in the police department?
1: I was 22 years old.
0: Okay, so I know it's a a big no-no to ask women their age, so you did 12 years, and by the way, 12 years in law enforcement is a very long time, and that's when, it's around seven, eight years on average that officers become very experienced and very, very good and proficient at what they do. And they start to become a valuable resource and community for training the new officers because that's how we learn. Uh, so when an officer's career is cut short in their prime or at the peak of their career like you say yours was, it's a devastating loss to the agency, the individual officer, your family, and the community. Absolutely,
1: and I think that one of the hardest things in my situation now is the emotional aspect of all my coworkers informing me of what an asset I have become prior to this incident and their efforts to try to keep me working within the police department, but all of us having to understand that some people get hurt and can't come back and we all just have to recognize that and take care
0: of each other. But you did try to come back.
1: I did, for about nine weeks. I tried to work half days, I got up to five hours a day, and I was not at all aware of the emotional stress, the physical toll that it would take on me. I thought I was invincible, <laughs> but I clearly was not, and it got to the point that even my coworkers that I saw every day were aware that it wasn't working, and we all were honest with each other. And- collectively decided that it was time for me to go back out and try to heal more and move on.
0: I have to give you some uh, admiration or applause for making that decision. I I remember my own case when I was hurt in in what seemed like a routine stolen auto case, uh, but the guy who was an unarmed man wound up trying to shoot me with my service revolver. That's how long ago it was. Uh, while still in my hand, and, and the forces struggle. At first, it felt like a, a sprained wrist, and then I wound up having more and more problems, and uh, was out on medical leave. Had multiple surgeries, two fusions, steel plates, and screws, and everything else. Uh, fortunately, he survived. I survived, but when my career was over, it was done. It was like I didn't, I didn't even get to see them until we had a retirement ceremony later on down the road.
1: Yeah, that's that's something I'm I'm grateful that my doctors let me figure it out for myself. I do believe that neither one of the two doctors that are the ones that would clear me or not, I don't believe that they would have ever cleared me to go back, but they needed me to go figure that out for myself. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity, even though I was just going to the department and I was working inside and I wasn't in uniform. It was enough for me to to not have that feeling like I, I don't. what if I tried to go back? I don't have to deal with that rest of
0: my life you were able to answer those questions for yourself
1: yes
0: and it's a powerful lesson because it's a lot of times there's the what ifs and it could have should have would and i know we all do that in particular when it involves incidents that involved uh, traumatic injuries which we'll talk about yours in a moment when i say the traumatic injuries uh, jill's were devastating uh, As a horrific attack, we will talk about the details of that in just a few moments. Before returning to our conversation with Officer Jill Kittick, I want to play actual police audio from the Hartford Police Department. This is edited for time. Now, bear in mind, Officer Jill Kittick is unit number 12.
1: put that on hold, start over to
2: where 12 is, 5 Constitution Plaza in the lobby, 12, you all set? 11 and 12. Alright, 10-0 guys, 5 Constitution Plaza,
1: ninth floor. Sorry, 10-10. 10-10 route. Yeah, man, EMS and route. Anybody else
3: coming, bring a med bag, bring a med bag. Alright guys, come and bring a med bag. We need a... Uh... Boss EMS here, ASAP. Right. We need, need, need you to alert. Harford Hospital, we've got an officer stabbed in the throat. Alright? Have them meet us in an emergency room. ASAP, we're going to be escorting. Great, clear all the intersections. Hey, clear our road, send a path all the way to Harford Hospital right now, ASAP. Alright, they're leaving, clear the intersections. Let's go, Five eight. Harper,
0: ready. That's edited portions of the actual police audio of the day the incident where Officer Jill Kiddick was severely injured. I did read online a little bit about your incident, and I thought I read in there that you were a newlywed just shortly before this attack occurred.
1: Yeah, my husband now. I got Mother's Day off. Mother's Day was the Sunday before my incident, um, and he asked my dad if he could marry me. And it all all of a sudden was, like, the shortest, happiest time of our lives. The one-year anniversary of all of this happening in May, getting married and surviving death is going to be one big celebration for everybody. But life, you don't know what's going to happen. But I'm so grateful that if I had not made it, there was that moment that my father and my husband had together and my family um, as a memory, but now it's turned into, it, it's made everything that much better.
0: We're gonna take a short break. We are talking with Jill Kindig. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We will be right back. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center call 888 888- Nine nine one nine seven two five. 9725 That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center.
3: Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? absolute absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603.
2: The opioid epidemic is affecting countless lives, including young adults. Did you know approximately 45% of opioid prescriptions to adolescents are made by dentists, often after wisdom teeth removal? These drugs carry risks, but you can help reduce your risk or the risk for a loved one. If prescribed an opioid, ask your dentist to consider limiting prescriptions to three days using over-the-counter pain relievers and properly disposing of unused medications. For more information, go to Shatterproof.org. This has been a message from Shatterproof, United Healthcare and this station.
0: This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. I'm John J. Welly Joining us on the phone, Jill Kiddick. I have said her last name incorrectly at the break. It's K-I-D-I-K. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, in law enforcement, we wound up getting nicknames from the people we work with in the community. And I was called many different things. Most of them were good. I was called the uh, Bigfoot because I wear a size 13 shoe. I was called Squirt because I was a big guy. And there was a time when I was called Deep Throat because of my voice. And uh, you had a particular nickname that I thought was just wonderful. What was that?
1: Uh, in the north end of Hartford, where I worked essentially but for a decade, no one could say Kiddick. So it became Officer Kitty and then turned into Officer Kitty Cat.
0: That's no such one, a great name. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I, I loved about law enforcement is the, the unusual connection you make with people you see and work with every day in the community. Yes. And I, I know the news media loves portrayed as very hostile, very aggressive, and 99.9% of the time, uh, 99.9% of the people, even when they're criminals, it's not a bad, hostile experience. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, It's not. I think that nobody wants to be told what to do. No, everybody wants to police their own lives. And when there's a stranger in uniform coming into their house, it's anyone's going to be uncomfortable or upset. It doesn't matter how supportive you are of law enforcement or not. There's that feeling of violation. I think that for me it was really important over the years for people to realize that if I'm the one that shows up, they know that I don't want to arrest anybody or take anybody away from their home i want to come in and resolve this issue and never see them again for the same thing and i think that that earned me some respect
0: and i always had the reputation of being fair i try not to arrest you if i unless you gave me no choice or it was a serious incident but i treat you fairly as long as you didn't threaten me physically. If you threatened me physically, it was it was a different story. Uh, yeah. But most people don't do that. And, and respect in the home was important. We were always drilled into our heads by the people that trained us. Uh, a lot of Vietnam veterans and Korean War veterans were commanders and they drilled in our heads about treat everyone with respect until they change the tone of the conversation and then you don't back down. But uh, w- particularly in their home, if you got called their home, you weren't disrespectful ever.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, and I think that, you know, starting off at 22, I was young and didn't know really what I was doing. And you really have to, it, sometimes it's hard, but you learn over time that being a wolf walking in doesn't really help too much. No, You really just have to, even if you don't understand what's going on, you just kind of have to fake it until you resolve the issue that you're there
0: for. Right. And I read somewhere that you had, was it, were you de-escalation or crisis intervention certified, something along those terms too?
1: Yeah, we have a crisis intervention team for Harvard Police and throughout the state of Connecticut, which is a week-long class and you spend time truly embodying different disabilities and mental handicaps. You you listen to, you walk around one of our Rensselaer Field, aren't Yukon's playing field, football field, with headphones on and someone screaming and swearing at you. To mimic that of what it's like to be schizophrenic and you do all those things so you walk into a house and you're not trying to force somebody to be your normal you can understand their normal mm-hmm.
0: uh, that was all things that we we learned on the job and uh, i i don't think we had the terminology they use nowadays but no. all the experience you had all the training you had all the time on the street you had all that pretty much didn't matter when you handled one certain call no And that was, what date was that 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 occurred?
1: May 17th of 2018. Uh,
0: What happened that day? You you received a call for service?
1: No, I wanted to have my breakfast. I had my husband made me breakfast, as he always does, and I had it in my lunch bag. And I saw that there was a call holding for a little landlord-tenant issue that we deal with on a routine basis throughout the city. I knew I would get sent to it because the area car was on a uh, motor vehicle crash at the time. So I offered to go take the call thinking it would be all of five minutes of my life and it turned into the rest of my life.
0: And actually, without sounding over dramatic, it turned into an absolute battle for your life.
1: Yeah, yes. that It was completely, and I hate to use the term you know, complacent or routine, but that's, what it felt like, that's what it should have been, and I had no idea that I was dealing with someone that was ready to explode the way that they did on me.
0: And this person was, uh, what they describe as an emotionally disturbed person?
1: That's what they're saying, that there's a mental health history. I know that she wasn't on medication or receiving any services for mental health, emotional health in the last couple of years. None of that was informed to me prior to me arriving. If I had known that, I never would have gone to that call by myself. Right. But no one informed me of that. But I could see that she was upset, and I don't particularly care to leave people walk away if I can see that they need somebody. And that's what I felt with her. And it turned into an absolute nightmare.
0: Basically, and this is paraphrasing from the article I saw, uh, you wind up wanting to get her some help. Uh, and one of the things that we were taught to do, especially when someone seemed to be disturbed, and I, I use that term as a general description of people who who aren't in law enforcement, and that doesn't mean necessarily mental issues or, or intoxicated or drug issues or anything else, but it seems like they could be volatile, that we would cuff them for their safety and ours. Uh, and is that what you attempted to do?
1: No, I not initially. I just wanted to have a talk with her. I could tell, you can tell when you're talking to somebody in their eyes, their eyes tell you their whole life story. Yep. And there was something she couldn't verbalize with her emotions. So I asked her if she wanted to go talk to somebody and she wanted to put her shoes and her jacket on. And she said yes. And she put her shoes and her jacket on. And I asked for her ID. And she said that she didn't have it. And so I asked her a couple different ways because I saw a pile of stuff in her room. Um, a pile of paperwork and I asked was she sure that she didn't have it or she just didn't have it for me and her response made me realize she just didn't want me to have it and at that point I knew something was not right and I had already called for an ambulance to take her to the hospital I already called for a backup officer at this point just as we're trained to do and she I tried to handcuff her and she looked at me in a way that I knew it wasn't going to end well so I took my handcuffs out, she ripped them off, and the fight for my life began.
0: And you're a very physically fit person. People have an image, uh, there's a, a bad stereotype with law enforcement, and this was true back in the 80s when I was on a job, in the 90s, that people view female officers as being soft and not physically fit and, and not able to handle themselves in a, in a violent confrontation. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. From what I've read about you, you've been very physically active and trained rigorously for a long time.
1: Yeah, after my first foot chase I had on the job and realized I was horrible at running in uniform with a belt on, I got even more into working out, realizing I couldn't keep up with everybody. Because running (laughs) and fighting for your life with all that gear on your waist in the Kevlar vest is a whole different ball game when your adrenaline's going, and I, for the last few years, have been into CrossFit and running, and I was proud of myself to be someone that most of the guys in the department would choose to have as their
0: backup officer. And I understand exactly what you're saying when you say there there are people that, to this day, when I say if I had to go through a door, and possibly have a bad situation on the other side, there are people that I would love to have with me. And and some of them were female, some of them were male. And some of the people I did not want with me were were male. And some of them were big, muscular guys. They just were not the people I wanted to have back me up in a bad, bad situation. We're getting close on time here before we get a break. I just want to let people know when we return, we're going to talk about the violent attack uh, that left Jill with severe, life-changing injuries. When you read in the paper, you see in the news that officers' injuries are not life-threatening, does not mean that they are not life-changing, and hers certainly are life-changing. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. we to take a short break. We'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677. 24 hours and leave a message. I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677 and get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Want to
3: fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 800-451-8603 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603
0: When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to our conversation with Officer Jill Kittick uh, on the Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, Still a police officer going through medical leave, as we used to call it, and preparation for retirement from uh, the Hartford Connecticut Police Department and before I go further thank you for your service for what you did for community and uh, for ev- for your fellow officers as well. Mm-hmm. I don't say that enough uh, and I've gotten better when people thanking me. Funny thing is people thank me more now than I'm retired and I never every day when I was on the job so uh, I know we yeah. don't hear that as often as we should and, and I need I need for one need to get better at saying it. So we're going to go backtrack. You got a call basically for a tenant landlord dispute. A woman there becomes uncooperative, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, generalizing, and somewhere in this conversation, you realize, you look at her eyes, and you can tell something's not right, and you pulled out your handcuffs. What happened next?
1: She had tore out with her nails my tear duct of my left eye, and we began fighting on the ground, and she had grabbed me by my hair, and it's a funny feeling. I wish I had had a knife in my pocket, and I didn't have one that day, and I just wanted to cut my hair off. I needed to get away from her. It was an overwhelming feeling to run away from her, and she had dragged me by the bun of my hair to the kitchen, and it's a studio. You're always taught, stay out of the kitchen, stay out of the kitchen. Absolutely.
0: Knives but- <laughs> galore in a kitchen. That's a bad <laughs> yeah, spot. Knives, yeah. pots, pans, skillets, all those things are weapons.
1: Correct, but her door was in the kitchen. So that was the only way in and out. And she had, while holding me, had gone through a drawer and, you know, spatulas came out, this, that, and then all of a sudden a knife, like a, a butcher knife of sorts. And I thought, I don't understand what's going I don't, why is this happening? She let go at that point, And I ran for the door and I fell to the ground. I couldn't remember why. And she had taken a skillet of sorts. And bashed me over the head and knocked me unconscious to keep me from leaving. And at that point, I had gotten stabbed in the back of my throat, my shoulder, and I was able to click the mic on my radio enough that my sergeant knew something was wrong, and immediately told people to head there. It I think it took two seconds for him to figure out that I wasn't okay, and at that point, I finally got up and ran in the hallway and fell over some Poland spring bottles that she had piled up outside her door. And then she climbed on top of me and continued to stab me in my hands, my arms, and three, right straight through my trachea. And I, the whole time, just thought my mom was going to be really mad. This is not what I wanted to have happen today. I still have someone to go home to, I haven't had a child yet, all these things go through your head and then suddenly she was lifted off of me and it was by two maintenance guys and they essentially saved my life.
0: I for one thank them very much for doing that. It's amazing how often people will assist uh, officers in trouble. Uh, They've done it for me, Uh, I do it for others when I see it inside the road and uh, those people probably saved your life.
1: Oh yes, absolutely, if they hadn't come, I. I, I don't know. I don't want to know what would happen. happened. I'm grateful I don't have to know.
0: How many times were you stabbed?
1: I was stabbed, oh man, one, two, three, four, five, six, six to seven times.
0: I can't stomach that. I'll I, I be honest with you. There's something I learned a long time ago, and I don't know why, and I've told other people this. I'd rather face down someone in a gunfight than be attacked by someone with a knife, especially someone who's proficient at it. And they don't have to be trained, but someone who's crazy with a knife is as dangerous as someone who's a a well-versed, well-trained, experienced knife fighter. And that, that thought just frightens me.
1: Yeah, it's a very, it's a creepy feeling because it's very personal. It's different than a gunfight in that you really have, I mean, you can shoot a gun and that bullet does the job in somebody's head. That shooting, but a knife, your hand is doing the job. So to be that close and intimate with someone that's truly trying to kill you, it is a very surreal experience.
0: Did the point come in your mind where you realize that this person is trying to kill me?
1: I knew that. It's funny because I knew I was being stabbed. I knew I was dying. I knew I was bleeding out, but I was just so mad that my I'm OCD and my day has to go the way I want it to and I just was stuck in like I have to get to the hospital and get taken care of so I can go on with my day it was a very I can't explain it I explained to other people that oh you're in denial or whatever whatever I had to be in my brain protected me
0: and they'll probably help you survive and by the way maybe that's a Connecticut thing because that sounds just like my wife (laughs) <laughs> she, she's very OCD and she's got to be in control of everything. And in some ways, I am too. And I, I revert back to a specific incident where I got retired, that unarmed man. And I remember there was like a flip of a switch and it's hard to describe. But It wasn't really like a cognizant thought because there's not enough time to really develop deep thoughts. But something came to my mind that this guy is trying to kill me and that my mind was, I'm going to die but it's not going to be tonight. It's not going to be because of you.
1: Correct. And yeah, I was going to do exactly. I thought I'm, you're you're not doing this to me today because I'm exactly. not
0: done yet. And I, the fight, and you know what it was replaced by, and you said really something very important. It was I I guess the word I can best describe it is a primordial or primitive or a deep down genetic anger and rage that came out of me that I couldn't and still can't explain.
1: Yes, yeah, it's just that fight that you keep fighting. And I think if I had to, as a rationally-minded person now, I think, how did I get through that? But it's all mental. And it's, again, yes, my physical, the way I ate, the way I worked out, but it's also who you are mentally and emotionally.
0: And I believe that's where, and I know you've heard this, uh, every police training I've ever been in from day one in the academy, yearly in service, they always stress to us, no matter how bad the situation, if you are losing, if you are in a fight with a person who's an MMA fighter and they are just giving it to you, you cannot give up. You cannot mentally give up. You got to stay in a fight.
1: Absolutely. And there's times where I'm out for a run for three miles and I think I can't do this. But then, you know, I survived much worse. Yeah, you've anything, been through it. You get through anything.
0: So you were stabbed multiple times. And yeah. basically, you were in and out of consciousness, but somehow you managed to. Click the mic that you needed help Yes And were you fully conscious Or were you in and out of it at that point
1: I remember There's a lot of things I don't remember seeing At some point because I had lost so much blood And that trauma to my head And that Again was almost like a godsend Like if I wasn't religious I became religious for all the things that My body protected me from feeling and seeing Um, But I was I blacked out once it stopped And once I knew that one of the cadets from the police department and one of my classmates had arrived, then I let go. And I don't remember the elevator ride down. I don't remember half of the ambulance ride. There's just little things I remember hearing a nurse's voice that I remember and thought, thank God I'm at Hartford Hospital.
0: I can only imagine the relief kind of set in. You go from all of a sudden being a routine call for service, a typical landlord-tenant dispute, to a life or death battle where someone's trying to kill you to being literally at death's door now you're being transported to the hospital and the the outcome of your life is in someone else's hands
1: yeah that's that's a crazy feeling that you don't have i don't like that i don 't have control over what's happening to my body so to give that up to somebody else to fix me even though you can't have any control is mentally exhausting but that connection that we as officers have with our medical staff was a huge relief for me.
0: I'm so glad that you, A, survived. And uh, I know it sounds corny to say that, but it's one of those things where there's no right words. And this is something I still struggle with. And I always say this to people like who've lost spouses in the line of duty, that oftentimes I want to say something, but I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. And that's kind of what we're bordering on right now. We're gonna take a short break. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We'll be right back. Americans are going crazy
3: for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786 800-932-1786.
0: online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists, helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at Center.
1: My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch.
0: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Back to the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm joined by special guest Jill Kiddick, Hartford, Connecticut police officer. Jill, thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Welcome. And I wanna paraphrase and shorten this up. You were attacked and brutally stabbed multiple times by someone you would not expect in a call you wouldn't expect to happen. You go from I'm gonna eat breakfast to I'm gonna go handle this call real quick, it'll be five minutes of my life and I'll go back and I'll have breakfast and then start my day. Newlywed, got life the way you want it, you're doing great in your career and then all of a sudden this vicious attack occurs and you said she began attacking you in a kitchen and stabbed you with a kitchen knife, basically, right? Yes, yep. Not some highfalutin, fancy fighting knives of people that seem to go, uh, you know, that's a threat because it looks threatening. No, this is a kitchen carving knife, basically.
1: Yeah, that you can get at any local store.
0: And she stabbed you in the back of the, the, the neck and the shoulders, the hand, and uh, the the most serious life-threatening injury in addition to life loss of blood was the one involving your neck and throat, correct?
1: Yes, yeah. So she stabbed me through the back of the neck on the right side, and then she slit my trachea in half.
0: Slit your that's trachea late. in half. Basically slit your throat.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: And that's most... I'm no doctor, but quite often what happens is people wind up bleeding to death and drowning from the blood entering their lungs.
1: Absolutely. It took me weeks to get all the to cough all the blood out of
0: my lungs i can't even begin to imagine how i've seen these i I remember calls for service on thanksgiving we get there and the man his throat is wide open because he got cut and they had a family fight over who's gonna lead the family prayers at thanksgiving dinner Mm -hmm. and it's like they're drinking whatever might be and next you know someone's on the verge of dying and it's just so horrific to look at this I can't yeah, imagine, A, your backup officers, what, what they went through.
1: And it wasn't just one or two. I mean, they're essentially the entire patrol and traffic divisions responded because we all know what it sounds like when individual officers call for help. If yeah. It's just someone that sounds more excited than they are, and you understand their personality, but I don't call for help or scream on the radio So when that came over, everyone showed up and saw it.
0: And when they got there, did they wait for the ambulance crew or did they mainly throw you in a squad car and and start moving towards the hospital?
1: No, they all showed up. The ambulance had already been there because I had already called them before the fight had even started. And I think the ambulance crew was the most shocked as they were expecting just to transport her to get some help with a social worker. And then I come out of the building.
0: Can we describe what your state was? Were you walking or were you like in a gurney or people carrying you?
1: Well, I I was walking and I remember someone lifting my feet and I thought, thank God, like I can't walk anymore. Apparently that was not my reaction. I started kicking and trying to yell because the blood was going down to my lungs and I was drowning.
0: Oh, so they so had they- you in the wrong direction. <laughs>
1: yeah so then they put me back down and then i got into the ambulance and i remember at one point throwing blood or i thought i coughed blood but i guess i was throwing it everywhere because they kept trying to lay me down and my coworker said no she has to sit up because again i started to drown on my blood again
0: this it's so hard to hear the details of this and you know i've never met you I, i've only seen a photo I've seen photos of you in uniform before the incident, and you, you look like, I'm not saying this as uh, an insult, but you look like every other police officer I've ever known. The, uh, someone out there doing a good job, and then I see photos of you afterwards, and every photo I've seen, you're wearing a bandana or a scarf around your neck. Is that because of the scars?
1: Yeah, so I have to wear like the, the fishing neck guards that you would get at REI or whatever store because the scars go all the way across my throat and up behind my ear. And I had to, there's many pictures of me with that on because I still had a trach in. Uh, I no longer have a uh, trach in my throat, but I had to block the sun from touching my scars because you can't let them have any burning or sun shine on them for at least a year to let it heal properly.
0: How would you describe your physical condition now? Or what would the doctors say?
1: Oh well, I think from day one I was getting yelled at by the at home nurses for carrying the laundry up the stairs. You can't I'm not somebody I'm not gonna stop. She was very angry, but I people have learned I gotta keep going. So I can work out, I can't do CrossFit. I don't know that I'll ever be able to do CrossFit again just because of the injury to my the right side of my throat is essentially paralyzed. Um, And I have difficulty swallowing, breathing, and eating is an issue. But I would say that I physically am in the best shape I can be. I'll never be like I was before, and that kind of me off. But I can't complain. I I can go out and go for a run at a slower pace, but I can still go out and do it. And I can lift weights. I just have to be a little bit slower, a little more careful.
0: And how would you describe your mental and emotional state afterwards?
1: I think that I and now, as, as police officers, especially as a female officer who's in a city, you have to shut your emotions off. And mm-hmm. I think I did that for almost 13 years. And now I have to be okay with the fact that I have emotions. And I sometimes will just cry or I'll just be mad. But at the same time, I'm still strong. It doesn't bother me to be in the courtroom with the woman that stabbed me. She's in cuffs and everything's good, but I want to make sure that the right things happen with her. And I think that's the only thing that caused me frustration is the rights that she has and that I'm still at home struggling and I can't go back to my job. But I have all this support and I still have my life and I can still use my arms and my legs and I can still talk
0: something so I have to be not said for all that. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about that, but I, I also found myself being uh, angry for what a lot of people would think would be no reason at all, emotional. And my incidents were many, many years ago. It's much better than it used to be. And I always tell people that for someone who's struggling after a violent incident like this, you got to stay in the fight. It gets better. You can't give up. You've got to stay in there. And my life's not, not dominated by these mental and emotional issues. But they still are there. And I have to recognize that that's part of my limitations. Like you mentioned, I have physical limitations after the attack. And you've gotten better at those. You're learning those. Do you find you have to do the same with mental and emotional as well?
1: Yeah, I think I have to accept that the old Jill is gone. And that there's a new one and this one has feelings (laughs) so the good news you have
0: feelings the bad news is sometimes (laughs) you have feelings right
1: yeah like you don't i'll cry in the middle of a conversation so it's not like this isn't me but it's who i am now I, i it's it's hard but i can't i have a fantastic fantastic therapist who has done emdr therapy with me and i she forces me to feel and that's what i need it's the best thing.
0: When you say EMDR, Been a lot of questions about that and people want to know basically what is it? What happens?
1: Well, for me, you know, it's a, it's a sensory therapy where sometimes when you're thinking about something horrible, that's happened. You have to think about what makes you happy at the same time, like going to the beach or shopping at TJ Maxx. Like that; those are my two things. And, So, immediately when I start getting into something serious with her, um, I have the hand sensory and there's a, a, a pattern of vibration in your hand that just reminds you of the beach while you're talking about, I don't know, getting stabbed in the throat and you realize, okay, it's over and now I can just go to the beach and be happy. I don't know that it works for everybody. I don't know and I definitely... I'm just going to go back to work and I'll be fine and she said okay whatever you think and I worked with the therapy and it has worked for me. I don't have nightmares. I can call her if I need help and I can deal with my emotions. I can verbalize them which I didn't think I'd be able to. It's helped me tremendously.
0: Jill, I'm so glad you came on the show. We definitely have to have you back again in the future. Thanks so very much for sharing your story. Thank you. At this point, if anybody is struggling or know someone who's struggling with post-traumatic stress issues, substance abuse issues, all the things that go along with it, please check out our partners at Transformations Treatment Center. Phenomenal people doing phenomenal things. They have an award-winning, nationally recognized Veterans Law Enforcement First Responder Treatment Section for post-traumatic stress, co-occurring mental health disorders, and substance abuse issues. Give them a call. 888-991-9725. If you've got questions, they'll have the answers. Call 888-991-9725 or get more information online at TransformationsTreatment.Center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, LawEnforcementToday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest on your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.